Hey Kids Comics! Hello everybody and welcome to this week's Hey Kids Comics. Michael unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight because he's doing work experience and that's made him far, far too tired to join in. So I've brought my other son, Adam, into joining us. Say hello, Adam. Hello. So, what do you think of Fantastic Four, Adam? We're pretty cool, I guess. And what do you think of the issues that we've picked this month, Adam? I've not read them. Brilliant. and subscribers and welcome to an all new episode of Hey Kids Comics. Seems a bit presumptuous of us to assume that we have listeners, downloaders and subscribers, but listener, downloader and subscriber makes us sound all sad and lonely. This is episode four, appropriate enough, as we'll see later, in which we tackle the second of Marvel's big two. We've covered Superman and the Batman in episode one and two, and Spider-Man in episode three, so we thought we would balance the scales by doing a second Marvel episode before we get all esoteric next week. The premise of Hey Kids Comics is simplicity itself. Two generations of comic book readers, myself, Andrew P. Leyland, and my offspring, Michael P. Leyland. Say hello, Michael. Hello. Pick books linked in some thematic way. Could be a character, a writer, an artist, or even the hair colour of the lead character. We then filter these through the prism of experience and youth and discuss for your listening pleasure. Assuming you're getting any pleasure from these things, you may hate it, but get some sadomasochistic joy out of hating it. Comic fans are big on hating, I've discovered. Yes. Last week we left you on a bit of a cliffhanger. We couldn't decide which was Marvel's number two. DC's pretty easy, Superman, Batman being one and two respectively, unless your current DC were the big two were obviously Batman and Green Lantern. You'd think there was a movie coming out. Damien. Did you just step over one of my punchlines again? No. Yeah. Obviously Spidey is number one at Marvel, but number two... Case could be made for the X-Men, or Wolverine, or even Deadpool, if we're going off the number of books currently being published. I'm a little old school for that, so it would always come down to the Hulk or the Fantastic Four. of musical interlude didn't make it obvious I plumped for the FF wait what wait what well I've gone for the Fantastic Four you've gone for the Fantastic Four as well yes I thought you were going for the Hulk I I went for both actually ooh (laughs) hedging your bets yeah I'm very impressed I played it safe ah Ah, so you're more risky than me I know young and stupid I think Mm. is the phrase as opposed to old and washed up what do you think of that tune, Michael? The theme from the second Fantastic Four movie. I didn't like the movie, and I've not listened to the soundtrack. I didn't mind FF2. 
power the, at the moment. The power, the power came from his board. Yes, the power. And Galactus came was a big black cloud from his board, and Galactus <laughs> was a great big black cloud. Yes, that was stupid. Well, yes. Speaking of movies, dancing Reed Richards and dancing Reed Richards. There's nothing to say Reed Richards can't dance. He had to attract Sue somehow. And let's face it, you'd dance for Jessica Alba, wouldn't you? No. Oh. Okay. Speaking of movies, have you seen the pictures of the new Spider-Man costume for the new Spider-Man film? Yes. And what do you think of them? I saw the one of him swinging and thought that's pretty what it was for the costume. And it looks like Alex Ross's designs for the first film, I think. You know what I thought? It's crap. Come back, Sam Raimi. All is forgiven. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Uh, some would say that we've picked the Fantastic Four this week just because of the FF have recently had huge developments in their own book and we're just chasing mass audience acceptance. Oh, and since we don't know, did you know? Did I know what? Marvel. A couple don't of Don't say something that could be considered spoilers. I have no idea myself because I'm not Luke's, but Marvel, like a couple of hours before whoever it was died before this major issue comes yeah. out that features a Marvel, Marvel said hey guys blah 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 dies that's jolly nice of them so they ruined it yeah brilliant mm. well, I've not read anyway so releasing a day early made no difference no I've not read it but it was spoiled for me on a website so you know who it is yes I know who just it is just like you know, knew who Red Hulk is just like I knew who Red Hulk was right yes <laughs> you didn't spoil my enjoyment of Red Hulk though no, but I thought it was a great series of books you're still not getting the full thing out of Marvel Comics, though, are you? No, not if you know who it is. No. But they ruined it. Yeah. Marvellous piece of planning. Anyway. We are chasing a mass audience, though. Yeah. Let's be honest. We are we are whores. If you have friends in Canada, please tell them about us. Yeah, for some reason, Michael wants a listener in Canada. Just to tell me how much that issue of Spider-Man would be in Canadian dollars. Which one? The one we did last week. Did it not have a Canadian... This has a Canadian price on it, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. You're making me... Why do I... And script! <laughs> script! There's a reason we follow the script. Tony Stark. I've know. got a build-up here, and you're just... Oh, well, this issue's got a Canadian price on it. Actually, <laughs> it was me that said that. Yeah. Yeah, I ruined that point. <laughs> anyway. Um, I picked the FF last week. Um, I knew I was going to do the Fantastic Four. For me, the Fantastic Four are, or should be, the big second gun at Marvel after Spider-Man. My main dilemma was which issue. And for the longest time, I was going to do Fantastic Four 250, which was a brilliant double-sized issue by John Byrne. But at the last moment, I changed my mind. And I'm going to keep you in suspenders a little while longer while I tell my customary first meeting story. Do you know, I need first meeting music, don't I? What would be good music, though? Doodly-doo. No, that was Winnie Cooper music from the Wonder Years. Okay. That was Girl Walks Towards You and Her Flows and You Go, Ah, Winnie Cooper. Okay. I fell in love with Winnie Cooper when she was 12 years old. Or something like that. Uh, I first met the FF in two places. There was a UK reprint magazine called The Complete Fantastic Four, which boasted a book-length thriller every week. If by book-length you mean 22 pages, which apparently is what Stan thinks is book-length, as yeah. we will see in a while. This comic, like all UK Marvel reprints, was black and white, but what made it different was it only featured the Fantastic Four. There was no backup strips. When I picked it up, it was deep into the Roy Thomas, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler, John Buscema bit era, where Johnny was wearing his red suit, and was it Crystal was a member of the team, or Tundra? Who's Sue had left. Reed and Sue had had a falling out, and she'd swanned off with Franklin, and okay. they were getting a divorce, and... But they got back together. Sounds like the Fantastic Four. I know. Yeah, it was. It was. It was not a bad era. The artwork was pretty good. Simultaneously, my stepdad moved in with my mum and brought boxes of comics with him, which is why I like him. Amongst which was the Mighty World of Marvel, an early seventies UK comic with Lee Ditko Spider-Man strips, Lee Kirby FF, and I think the Kirby Hulks, but they may have been the Ditko ones. I don't remember. They don't make them like they used to. No, Mighty World. Has. Go on. Forever People one. He does have Forever People I one. I found he's going for £30. Now it's not much, but it's £30 more than you have. And he, given that he only paid 12p for it, yeah, that's a significant return on his investment. The Mighty World of Marvel, just to go off script for a minute, is still being published here in the UK. Um, I'm, I don't want to say it's been in continuous publication since the early 70s, but it's not far off. Um, do you know what strips are currently in the Mighty World of Marvel? Aren't they doing the Hercules and the... Incredible Hercules. What's-his-face kid. Who, um, who has the pet coyote. Yes. Yeah. Amadeus Choi. Yeah, yeah. Have they finished Civil War? 
World War no yeah Secret Invasion they were doing last time I read initially sure yeah. right so they've probably finished with that uh, when did you meet the Fantastic Four Michael no idea you've no idea nope it was probably watching the film and then I read the comics and I think the comics must have been good because it's the only Jack Kirby thing I've read in its entirety the two omnibus books that I've got yeah Right, so you always read them in colour. Yeah. See, I think Kirby's art was much better in black and white. Well, I, I quite like the shading and the stuff mm. on the first issue, which is why I've got this poster in my room. You have? You and have FF1 as a poster? Not because I'm sad. No, not at all. So most 15-year-old boys have pictures of women unlocking beer bottles with their butt crack. But you have a picture of FF number one. Yeah, I used to have a Buffy poster as well, but that's gone. Uh, didn't your brother rip that? No, oh. it was when we had the house read them. choice is FF489 um, or issue 60 because this is another example of Marvel not having any stones and rebooting all their books but keeping the old numbering as well ah Marvel the very model of indecision anyway this book has a great cover by the late magnificent Mike Wiringo it's one of those poster covers, but I think it's a good one. All four members of the team using their powers with a space background, a rocket ship and weirdo green rays. There's a new FF logo, or new to me at any rate, and this issue cost nine cents. How much? Nine cents, or 15 cents Canadian. Cool. Excellent. Unless you bought it in another country, which we did. And uh, it was full post, price. And it was full price. So thanks so for that, it Marvel. it would be nine Yes. I remember having to convince Mark, the comic shop guy, that I wanted to buy this for 10p and he wasn't having it. <laughs> you know, what can you do? What say you on the subject of the cover, Mike? Well, I like it, and I think it's a mix between old and new covers, where old being big, exciting, dynamic covers, and new ones being people stood around. It is a people stood around cover. Yep. But, but it's I'd, good, though, isn't it? And I. I've been a fan of Richard Eisenhave's colouring. Did he do the colouring? Yes. Oh, yes, he's, yeah, he's signed. Uh, How long have been colourists been signing the covers? I'm not sure. Oh, really? But my only problem with this cover is I think Reed Richards looks like Bruce Campbell. It's the chin. <laughs> he does. Yeah. I've never noticed that. Especially Bruce Campbell burn notice because he's got the grey temples now, hasn't he? Yeah. So, yes, he does look like Bruce Campbell. Yeah. No, Sue Storm doesn't look like Jessica Alba. No. No. She looks more like Sarah Michelle Gellar. I think it's the nose. Uh, the issue is called Inside Out. It's written by Mark Wade, penciled by Mike Waringo, and inked by Carl Kiesel. Paul Mounts lettered, comic craft coloured, Tom Breerroot edited, and Quizada and Jemess were the big bosses. So the story begins. A shadowy consortium discussed the FF's origin, in which they were pelted by immeasurable radiation in their rocket ship while passing through the Van Allen belt. Let's get those missiles ready to destroy the universe! The four crashed in California and discovered themselves changed by the ordeal. Reed Richards became Mr. Fantastic, Sue Storm, the Invisible Girl, Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, and Benjamin Jacob Grimm, the Thing. Turns out the shadowy consortium are the FF's new PR team. Apparently the FF aren't hot anymore and need new representation. Well, apart from the human torch. Mm. See what I did there? I found it very funny. Quality gag? You beat me on it. Were you going to make that as well? Yeah. It is pretty obvious. Well, let's be honest. Um, Mr. Schertzer, 
is the PR representative sent to meet them. He accompanies them on an interdimensional mission. The torch and the thing are arguing, and Schertz looks a bit sweaty. As you would too if you looked out the window to see a giant datavore. A what? A datavore. Right. Mm, that's what it's called. Is that like what would happen if data ate meat? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Reed tries to tell Ben what that is but Ben ignores him and Reed stops the data for from being eaten by bugs thus ruining his research job done the FF head for home unaware that they have a stowaway on their trans-dimensional cruiser Reed much to the surprise of everyone else has hired the PR team to improve the FF's image and for the next few days shirts or shadows the FF he helps Sue and Johnny fix their home for the FF this means being 27 stories up stood on an invisible force field it's better than cleaning the leaves out of the gutter I suppose Helps stop a liquid null graviton failure and annoys the team by suggesting Reed's ego is out of whack because he wasn't invited to a symposium and that's the reason that he's here. After a few days, Sue finally confronts Reed about why he hired the PRT, but he fobs her off with some explanation. Later, however, alone with his daughter, Valeria, Reed confesses that he feels indescribable guilt over what he did to his friends his family, and that he turned them into famous people with costumes and superhero names to keep people from fearing them, to see them as the bravest people Reed knew they were, and maybe one day so that he could forgive himself for what he'd done. Aww. Aww. That was very aww, wasn't it? Wait, didn't Valeria die? Valeria was never born. Valeria, which wasn't given a name, obviously, but in a John Byrne issue of the Fantastic Four, around the time that they went to Secret Wars so I want to say around 260 270 ish um, Sue had a miscarriage okay. and they decided that because of the cosmic radiation she shouldn't really have any more children Jeff Loeb came along later on uh-huh. and plucked Valeria from an alternate dimension and thus gave her the second child so it wasn't Kusada? no so I think it was Jeff Loeb so that's one less reason to hate Kusada. I don't hate Kusada. well I think he's annoying I like your Quisada. His art's gotten out of control. Just a bit. Yes. Have you read this issue? Yes, I have. What did you think of it? Well, I quite liked it. And um, because it was a Fantastic Four story, and the thing with Mark Wade is he writes huge stories, like Grant Morrison and Mark Miller and Warren Ellis. Uh, But sometimes I think he does quite dull stories as well. And I think this story is... A big issue and a small issue at the same time. It's got some big ideas in it. Yeah. Some great concepts that are just thrown away as just being part of everyday life for the Fantastic Four, which is good. I quite like that. Um, I like Mark Wade's stuff, to be honest, for the most part. I mean, I have a few issues with this issue, mm-hmm. but you like Kingdom Come, don't you? It's all right. Or is that just because of Alex Ross's artwork? It's more Alex Ross's artwork. Yeah. Ah, I see. Fair enough. Uh, I've not read Kingdom Come since it came out, so that's quite some time ago. Um, The Van Allen belt that's mentioned on page one is real. They're energetically charged particles around Earth held in place by the Earth's magnetic field. See, I know science. Uh Or I know how to research science anyway. These charged particles are a result of cosmic rays. In FF number one, cosmic rays are mentioned as being what gives the Fantastic Four their powers, but the Van Allen belt is not, implying that Stan did a little bit of research about travelling to the moon. Uh, I don't know if Matt Wade added the Van Allen belt stuff, but it adds a nice touch of verisimilitude. Um, I thought the penis joke on page three, panel two, was a bit out of place. Don't think we really need a joke like that in a Fantastic Four comic. So that was a penis joke. Yes, I only got that when I read your notes. Did you? I, well, there I suppose was a bit of it in the back of my head saying, "Wait a minute." Well, I suppose if you're aiming to work on two levels, then yeah. But I still don't. I'm still not entirely convinced you should have jokes like that in an FF book. Uh, I do like the panel where shirts we stood on Sue's invisible force field, 27 floors above Manhattan. I think that'd be pretty cool. Okay. But this is somebody who won't travel in a glass elevator. Yeah, I'm certainly not going to go on the London Eye. (laughs) So don't get me in a Rule Dahl book, because that would be bad. Um, I like the description of Reed sounding like rubbing your hand over a balloon when he stretches, and that Ben sounds like rocks in a washing machine. And I did like the rapper's Ode to the Thing song, Mm. and that Ben was listening to it as he walked (laughs) later on. That was pretty funny. Um, On the whole, I thought it was a lovely little tale. Um... I think Mark Wade and Mike Waringo were the best sustained run on the Fantastic Four since Byrne left. 
that granted I've not read a lot of the FF between then and this apart from some Heroes Reborn stuff which was pretty sucky um, it's marred only by this postmodern idea that superheroes are somehow silly and that Reed gave them outlandish names deliberately to make them celebrities um, I do get a bit bored of why no one can't just be a hero anymore because it's the right thing to do even Superman's angst ridden nowadays thanks to Tom Welling and uh, it's just getting a bit old really any other thoughts? Um, well, I don't know whether I like Reed's reason of why he made them famous or not. Because it's a a nice idea, I suppose, in this guilt overcome Marvel universe, which is all dark and edgy. But, um, yeah, because he certainly didn't seem to feel guilty in the early issues, except no. for perhaps over what he'd done to Ben. Well, that was the thing with it, really. Hey! <laughs> the thing of it. <laughs> I got it. Uh, very clever. Mm-hmm. I'm very impressed with that. Yeah, I mean, well, Marvel always was angst-ridden. I mean, one of the first things they did with Captain America when they brought him back was turn him into a Marvel character by having been angst-ridden over the death of Bucky and his place in the world now that he'd woke up at that point 20-odd years out of time. Um... But yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about. Maybe we should have done Black Bolt instead. He's the poster boy for Marvel. He guilt ridden. He doesn't speak though. Exactly, because if he did, he'd kill us all. Silent issue. Uh, is that it for that one? Yep. We don't have a lot to say about that, really. It's the only trouble if we both enjoy something. We don't have arguments. We could argue for the fun of it. No, that'd be dull. Your cooking's terrible. If that's not an argument, though. That's a statement of fact. What issue did you pick, Michael? I went for the Fantastic Four 12. You know, the old one. Right, yeah, not issue 25, which I originally started reading last night, thinking that's the one you've picked. I went for 12, which Mm. is uh, Lee and Kirby 1. Yes. Uh, Were they first fight the Hulk? Cool. Or is he a robot Hulk? No, he's the Hulk. I'm going on the whole Jack Kirby thing. Oh. Does Jack Kirby do robots? In the Eternals, they fought the Hulk. But it was a robot. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, here's the cover. I like the cover. (laughs) I like the cover too. Um, It was back in the day when covers were dynamic and cool. And had lots of cover copy on them. A book-length epic. Need we say more? The world's greatest comic magazine. Uh, It says a book-length epic but it's 23 pages. Well, we've established that Marvel consider that to be book length. Yeah. It's a very short book. If you cut the pages up into A4, I'm sure it may. If you cut them into panel by panel and make a flip book out of them, yeah. they'd be a lot thicker. <laughs> Wouldn't it? That'd yeah. be a book. Imagine if you bought a book and it was only 23 pages long and it wasn't a children's book. I think you'd take that back, wouldn't you? Well, maybe if... Trades Descriptions Act. <laughs> <laughs> so... Whilst walking through... No, wait, whilst... No. In a cave, there is Hulk hiding behind a wall and the Fantastic Four on the other side. Unbeknownst to them, yes. he's lurking round the corner. The Hulk says, in another second, and he'll destroy them all. Was the Hulk always meant to be that much bigger than the Thing? Because on the cover to issue 25, he towers over him as well. So was the Thing... Although the Thing wore regular clothes, didn't he? Yeah. He did wear a coat and a hat and took it over his face with sunglasses and people didn't recognise it. So the thing was probably never meant to be more than five and a half, six foot. No. Whereas the Hulk was always supposed to be seven or eight foot, wasn't he? Alright, I retract my question. Uh, I do notice on this cover, the Hulk only has three fingers and a thumb and three toes. Now, I'm used to the thing only having that, but I always thought the Hulk had the right number of fingers and toes. Well... Maybe Jack Kirby had a thing with this because he wasn't a robot. So he went off drawing the thing. Mm. There are pages when he looks like the thing. There are places where he looks like Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. Which ties into the the TV show where they made him look like Frankenstein's monster quite a bit as well. Mm. I'm just having a flick through the issue to see if he draws him with the right number of fingers and toes in the issue. But no, he draws him with three fingers there as well and three toes. Oh, I'd have to look into that. I, I didn't think the Hulk had an odd number of fingers and toes, but okay. <laughs> so, it is The Incredible Hulk. And that's just the name of the story. It's not an entirely original title, but uh, well. Doctor Banner, belted by Dan, a race turns into the 
And it is written by Stan the Man, drawn by Jack Kerber, inks by Dick Ayers, and letters from Artsimek. So, whilst leaving a show, a man points at the army passing, but knocks the hat off the thing's disguise. It's not much of a disguise. No. He's wearing a hat, a cravat, <laughs> a, a long coat, and a pair of sunglasses. Yeah, he's not wearing them right, though, if this dude just knocks him off, though. Well, he he reaches from behind him, by the looks of things, doesn't he? And knocks his glasses off. He looks like there. Perry White, the guy who knocks his glasses off. Yeah. The thing begins to argue with the man and the army, and the army says he's the one they're after, and attack him. They show an impressive display of weaponry that allows them to knock the thing out. When he comes to, a general apologises and says that they were after the Hulk and instead mix up the two. <laughs> Which, okay. Green, orange, orange red, grey. Rocky. The Hulk is... Not rocky. No. Nine, between seven and nine feet tall, normal sized-ish. Well, comics are meant are written for us to read as though it's happening now, so we have all the different Hulks out there. It's easy to be... It's easy to be confused, yes. yes. Stan was ahead of his time. He was. Um, when the thing comes to... No, wait. The thing annoyed... Doing well tonight. <laughs> this is why you don't normally read from the script, isn't it? Yeah. Why don't you just tell us your synopsis in your own words? Okay. The thing annoyed leaves and climbs up the Baxter Building elevator... He can't be bothered waiting for it to come down, so he rips so it out. He rips it out. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you not just take the stairs? Maybe he can't fit through the doorway. Or maybe his big feet are too big for the stairway. Yeah. <laughs> you think Reed would do something about that, wouldn't you? Like install a thing shaped staircase? Has he found What if they've got a fire? Has he found a cure yet? Well, no. Yes! Has it? Yeah, in recent issues, he's found a way to cure him for one day every year. Yes, and Doctor Doom did it in that Grant Morrison story, which then made me believe that maybe the thing dies. Ooh, good guess. Because he's, Cause he's now, human now. He is, yeah. Because t- it would be typical that the day he gets to be human, he yeah. gets killed. Yeah. Oh, bitter irony. <laughs> it's possible. That wasn't a spoiler. That was conjecture. We don't know... Well, I know, but Michael doesn't know who dies. No. Okay. Continue. Okay. Um, when he reaches the top, he explains what has happened to him to the rest of the team. And then General Ross shows up and hires the Fantastic Four to find and destroy the Hulk. Can you hire the Fantastic Four? Well, if you can find them, then you've got a problem. <laughs> and no one else can help. Uh, well, one, I can't imagine finding them is too difficult. They live in a skyscraper in the middle of Manhattan. Yes. Um, two, I would presume your problem would have to be pretty big, which I suppose the whole case. Yeah. Um, and if no one else can help, well, the Avengers were busy. Well. Although, would the Avengers take down the Hulk? Because was the Hulk a member of the Avengers at this point? Yes. Right. That would explain it then. Um... When did the Baxter building not become a big four? John Burns' run blew the Baxter building up in outer space. Um, Doctor Doom ostensibly did it, but it was Doom's adopted son, Christoph, in Doom's body that blew up the Baxter building. And then they rebuilt it as Four Freedoms Plaza. I don't know when it became the Baxter building again. Because they built it in the same place. Yeah. So I don't I don't know would be oh, the okay. answer to that question. We would have to do some research. <laughs> but such is the level of research on this show. Maybe we should have found that out first. Yeah. We can edit it in later <laughs> as if we knew what we were talking about. Yes. Brilliant. Keep going. Ross shows the four footage of the Hulk to confirm that he does exist. Because wow. as of now, no one knows whether he exists or not. He's like Batman in the early days. Wouldn't Jack McGee have killed to know General Ross? Yeah. Uh, Johnny, Ben, and Reed explain what they do to the Hulk, but it looks like Sue may be out of this one because the Hulk was just too unnerving for uh, her. Women's Lib didn't get into Marvel until the 70s. <laughs> Whilst using the Fantastica, the new Fantastica. The Fantastica's great. Mm. I love the Fantastica. I even love the name, the Fantastica. <laughs> Not the Fantastic Bastard. <laughs> 
quite liked the bathtub as well. But uh, just the name, the Fantastic Art. It's like we needed something that sounds a bit like Batmobile. But Batmobile sounds okay, whereas Fantastic Car's just <laughs> so ridiculous. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> whilst using the Fantastic Car, Yay. they find the evidence of the Hulk and call a meeting with Rick Jones, Bruce Banner, and Carl Court. Is it rude in anything to guess to say at this point that I guess Carl Court was a bad guy? Why? Because of KK. Well. All of Stan's characters have alliterative name. names, well, well, yeah. most of them. But it's a dude we've never we'd heard never of heard of him before. Yeah. But by that token, it could have been the guy who's with General Ross, Captain, whatever his name is, was General Captain Tash Talbot in this. Major Talbot, Talbot. Talbot is in this. Yes, is he? Were was Major Talbot? I did not see Glenn Talbot in Give this. Give me a second or so. The that's not him. He it introduces is. him as Captain Nelson. All oh, right, that's not Glenn Talbot. Okay, then. That, that confused me as well. And General Ross in this is a nice guy for the most part. I don't remember Ross ever being a nice guy. You'd blame the writer if Stan wasn't the writer of both, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. They found evidence of the Hulk and... The FF and Banner begin to work together, but, bored of waiting outside the meeting, Ben smashes through the door. He's an honorary cuss in this story, isn't he, the thing? <laughs> Just He'll bit. pick an argument with anybody over anything. I mean, <laughs> I understand that he's miserable because he's, he's trapped looking like, you know, Rocky Road ice cream. But it's, you know, let's not get that carried away. If somebody was that irritating, you'd just fire him off the team. So after calming the thing down... Ross says that it's like he's scared of the Hulk, but this only enrages him more, and he rips some telephone books. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what's really funny about this bit is General Ross is really upset. My bound set of telephone books. Why does he bind telephone books? Don't you get a new telephone book every year? What has he done? them all since he started getting telephone books when he first moved out of his parents house at 18 and he started getting telephone books in the mail and he's kept them all since then he collects telephone numbers he needs something to do <laughs> everybody needs a hobby <laughs> I bound telephone no, they could have fixed that if said oh, my bound Shakespeare or something I could understand him being upset but bound telephone books my yellow pages oh no no not my yellow pages those things I get for free in the mail <laughs> oh don't worry General Ross you'll soon have more important things to think about mm. Mm, foreshadowing Banner says that he doesn't believe that the person they're after is the Hulk they're after the wrong person mm. he thinks they should be after someone known as the Wrecker when they leave to go to their base, Rick says that he's going to give Carl Court his wallet back after he dropped it in the meeting. But back in the catacombs where Carl is hiding or living or whatever, he jumps out and uh, forgot his Rick says, Slugs Rick. find out that he's a communist. Wow. The Russians are bad guy. Oh, they always are. Did, was there any hint that he was Russian? When so there was no foreshadowing no. that he was Russian, other than we've never heard of this guy before, so he's obviously going to be the bad guy. He comes back uh, with the wallet and then says, it is, it's a membership card in a subversive communist front organisation. stupid, so he's, he's undercover, but he keeps his I'm a member of the communist party card in his wallet. Just in case he forgets his undercoverness. <laughs> Just in case he forgets he's an undercover spy, Have you ever he's read got the a film? card in his wallet. Have you ever read the film? <laughs> no, I have not read that. That's what it's about. What, communists? No, a dude who forgets he's undercover. Well, I can live with that. I yeah. think that's a pretty good idea for a story, but this guy hasn't forgotten it. That's <laughs> the point. But he keeps his I'm a communist member party card in his wallet. So what does he do? Just look at it at night and go, ah, I remember Mother Russia. <laughs> Cold, cold, honorary Russian. Soon I will have my revenge. Sounded like Dracula then. <laughs> Ilya Kuryakin was a good Russian. Who? The man from Uncle? Napoleon Solo? Yes. Carry on. The thing uses an upgraded rocket sled, but it crashes on some debris on the track. 
Banner tries to convince the Fantastic Four that it wasn't the Hulk, it was the Wrecker. But they don't believe him, so he goes back to his secret underground base and reads a letter from the Wrecker saying he's kidnapped Rick Jones. And then, using gamma rays, brings out the Hulk. So, he reads a letter from the Wrecker. Where did he post this to? Well, he was out. Re- uh, Banner. Yes. Was out with the... Wait, no. Because he reads it Page 16. So he's got the letter. Yeah. So, But he doesn't think to show this letter to the Fantastic Four to prove that it's not the Hulk doing it. If nothing else, the Hulk can't write. Yeah. He doesn't think to do that. Instead, he goes off and turns himself into the Hulk. Well, how good would the issue have been if, hey, Fantastic Four got this record? Oh, okay, we'll go off. And then would have the Hulk's not even in sense, it. though, wouldn't it? Look at the covers. Oh, the Hulk's in it. And then he's not even in it because he hands him the letter. Because he doesn't. No, okay. I do like that he strips down to his purple underpants hmm. so that he doesn't break any shirts. Bottom of page 16, that's a great panel. The I last like, panel, the one like of the Hulk panel. looking a bit like Frankenstein. He always looks off, but I think Jack Kirby's art always looks off. Not a fan of Harry Jack Kirby's on. art. Um, Carl leads Rick through the secret catacombs under the ground, which are the same catacombs that the Hulk's in. Hulk soon bumps into the FF, and he tries to escape, but thinking that he's the bad guy, they chase him, and after a fight, the Thing bumps into a huge, giant robot, that looks a lot like Truchosaurus Rex. <laughs> and into Carl Court as well, who now looks a lot like a Russian communist in a big, long, white coat and a big laser gun. He's also got a big head, though. He looks like the leader. <laughs> it is the Hulk. Yeah, but he's not greed. No. Um, so they defeat him. Rather easily. Rather easily, yeah. Yeah. And then the Hulk disappears. For Wills has said, and a ceremony is held in honour of the Fantastic Four. But whilst on the way back home, the Hulk watches and says he has a feeling this won't be the last time they meet. No, not if Stan has anything to say about it. No. Big on his cross-pollination, isn't he? Yeah, I quite like this story as well. It's a fun issue, isn't it? I'm not a fan of Jack Kirby's art, but... I quite like is Hulk and the Thing, and that's about Controversially, it. Controversially, I'm not a fan of Kirby either. I like issue forty through eighty odd when Joe Sinnott was inking him, and I like the pencils that I've seen from when he was doing the Mighty Thor. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean a lot of this could be down to the inking, to be fair. Probably. Because a lot of the innate Kirbiness is missing from this, so it could be the inking that we don't like rather than Kirby himself but I, um, if I had to choose I always went for Steve Ditko Fair enough. over Jack Kirby um, I think it's a bit I'm not sure if I like the fact that Stan hypes it up but I can't get a boot length epic it's when... Stan Lee Whoa. Stan Lee hypes up trips to the toilet <laughs> Excelsior <laughs> it's the biggest you've ever seen true believer <laughs> screw you Kirk that's my captain's log oh you can edit that out later. <laughs> I probably won't do that. Okay. And I'm not sure whether I like how the bad guy being a communist. Brainwashing going on even in comics. No, that's just short and really. I mean, every 60s TV or film or something would have a communist bad guy. They all played off against the backdrop of the Cold War. 
So I don't really have a problem with that. It's just a, he's the bad guy. <laughs> he's not really given much motivation other than he's a bad guy, really. Yeah. But my all-time favourite thing with this issue is that last panel with the Hulk waving at the Fantastic Four. See, that last panel makes absolutely no sense to me. Okay. Because according to this issue, Bruce doesn't change into the Hulk when he grows angry or outraged. Well, no, it's not when he becomes angry and enraged. Maybe he couldn't get angry or enraged, so he brought it on himself. I think he just banged his head against a wall. And it's not like it was in the early issues of the Hulk, where he, the Hulk came out on the full moon, or at night, wasn't it? Wasn't it just at night? Do you know, yeah, I don't remember, because it's a while since I read that. So, okay, he deliberately duplicates the effects that first altered his body chemistry to change him into the Hulk. Okay, I'll fine, I'll buy that. So for the last panel, he changes himself into the Hulk just to wave bye-bye to the Fantastic Four. Does that make any sense to you? (laughs) It doesn't, no. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, And you can see why the thing's a bit of a misery, because he does look like a monster here. The Hulk looks bestial, but he still looks human. Albeit, you know, a bit of Cro-Magnon or Frankenstein. But the thing is really a thing. And he's a bad-tempered bugger. Um, my main thing with this is the FF have a really short memory. Johnny was reading issue one of the Hulk in Fantastic Four 5, meaning that a mere six issues ago, the Hulk was a comic book character in the Fantastic Four universe. Um, Stan obviously decided to fold him into this. Because wouldn't this have been after the Hulk's magazine was cancelled then? Because didn't the Hulk's original comic only run for six issues? Don't know. Yeah, I think it did, and then he, he put him into Journey into Mystery, or was that Thor? Tales of Suspense? One of it them. It was one of them. Yeah. One of them, I forget which one. Doesn't really matter, does it? Um, uh, the worst bit about that in FF5, I mean, you can leaf through it in our big fat Fantastic Four omnibus if you want to, but Incredible Hulk number one, Johnny sets it on fire. Does he know how much that book's worth? (laughs) And he just sets it on fire? Oh, Johnny I've not seen anything else. He crashes cars and gives them He crashes cars for a living, doesn't he? Um, Sue's so scared of pictures of the Hulk that she turns invisible. A picture of the Hulk makes her go all, ooh. (laughs) The best thing about her was in the burn run, he made her the strongest member of the team. And in this, she's just... You know, she's just there. She doesn't really serve much of a purpose. Um, it's notable for the first appearance of the Fantastica, as we've mentioned. The first meeting of Bruce Banner and Reed Richards. Uh, I wouldn't get too friendly if I were you, Bruce. In 40 odd years, Reed's going to blast you off into space. It's not Reed's fault, though. Is it not? Did it not turn out to be Reed? It's the whole Illuminati thing. Was it more Tony Stark? Probably. In Marvel's character assassination of Every, that character. Everyone doesn't like Tony Stark now. Well, I'm not surprised. He blasts Paul like Hulk him. off into space. Hulk doesn't like him. Poor, poor, poor Bruce. Um, could a flaming lasso really pick up a wallet? No, it'd burn. Could you really make a flaming lasso, though? I, I'm down with the idea that Johnny could control his power to such a degree that he could make a flaming lasso. I really don't think he could pick anything up with it. No. But Stan's grasp of science is is a bit off, to be honest with you. Electromagnetic waves, um, earlier on in the story, Bruce is saying he's built this thing that will stop missiles. Electromagnetic waves appear in everything from radio waves, microwaves and television waves. I don't think they can stop missiles. Otherwise, wouldn't everyone just get a bunch of TVs together? (laughs) We are protected! Like those old public information films where if you paint the, the windows white and hide under a table, you'll be fine when a nuclear bomb drops. For like 17 seconds before you explode. Silly. Very, very silly. Um, It's a brilliantly typical Stan Lee story. It's got the Fantastic Four in, the Hulk in, the Fantastica, a communist spy, underground caverns, flying cars, and then a giant robot shows up. (laughs) And you you do just get the impression Stan was just making this up as he went along. But the giant robot doesn't last very long. No, he shows up for four panels. If that, that. No, not even. It's two, isn't it? He's on one, and the thing smashes The thing smashes him to bits in the next panel, and we never see it again. <laughs> so, like, the communist spy Carl Cole had enough time to build a giant robot. But not enough for it to be smashed like <clears> that. But not enough intelligence to take his communist card out of his wallet. He deserved to be caught, didn't he? He was obviously very, very stupid. An idiot. Um, did you read the letters page? No. 
Uh, the latest paid mentions Paul Gambaccini, who uh, went on to become a famous DJ and interviewer, and Fred Bronson, who would write for Star Trek The Next Generation. And would also be a famous music journalist of some description in America. So I don't know what it was about these early issues of the Fantastic Four that readers had to become music journalists. Okay. But that would be it. Controversially, we have both mentioned we are not big fans of Jack Kirby. Controversial, I think Alan Moore's overrated. What's that got to do with Jack Kirby? So you're saying an Alan Moore Jack Kirby comic would be terrible? Oh, an Alan Moore Jack Kirby comic would be quite cool. (laughs) Um, I don't dislike Kirby. Like I said, I've I've liked quite a lot of his stuff. I appreciate the dynamism of it. But, you know, Steve Dickel's better. Uh, That's it. They're the two issues that we picked for this week. say Excelsior Propolis where I'm not treading over your line. Excelsior! That's better. That's what we want. Next week, we're quite excited about next week. 
or the week after that and the week after that as well yes we are dipping our toes into the murky waters of vertigo so for the next month we're going to be covering our four favourite vertigo books but you won't let me do my favourite vertigo book which is your favourite vertigo book Animal Man 5 because it technically is not Vertigo. It didn't come out under the Vertigo banner. I don't care that it's been reprinted as Vertigo. It did not originally come out as a Vertigo book. Um, we will do Animal Man at some point. If okay. you want to do Animal Man under the Vertigo thing, we will do Animal Man. Okay. Does that please you? Yeah, okay. Good. Next week, we're doing Neil Gaiman's first death miniseries by Neil Gaiman, obviously. Mark Buckingham and Chris Bacala. I'm looking forward to reading that again. Okay, I've I, don't never read it. I don't think I've read that in 15 years. Probably longer. Is that when it came out? It came out in 93, I think. So, hmm, close enough. Okie dokie then. No final thoughts other than Excelsior! No. Okay. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Hey Kids Comics is a The Devil Will Find Work for Idle Hands to Do production. All music used in the show is copyright by their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended. Michael and Andrew make no money from this. They do it simply for fun. And because they have too much spare time. Ah. The opinions of Michael and Andrew expressed in the show are the opinions of Michael and Andrew and nobody else. We can be emailed on heykidscomics at virginmedia.com and our website is www.heykidscomics.webspace.virginmedia.com You can friend us on Facebook by going to Hey Kids, all one name, comics, all one name. And now it's time to pick up our bottomless brown bag, don an ill-advised polyester shirt and beige bell-bottoms, and hitchhike down the loneliest road we can find, all the while trying to find a way to control the raging spirit that dwells within. You be good to yourself, my friends. <laughs>